episode 194, Agent Shield, season 4, episode 19, All the Madam's Men. Welcome to level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of Shield and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome. Welcome here to our base, which is, you know, the base. I guess you should have expected that. But I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm sitting here with a cup of Earl Grey tea. It's hot. It's in a Star Wars mug. And I'm here to talk about Marvel. So let's mix all of our geekeries, shall we? And I'm here with two other geek mixes. <laughs> and they both like lots of different things, but they like Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. enough to talk about it on almost a weekly basis. And that would be Agent Stewart. Yay! And Agent Samantha. Yay! And they both also like cheering for themselves, I hear. So, Yay! Yay? Um, Yay? Wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, we need to talk a little bit about you know the the, the arrogance that goes on behind the scenes. I think. <laughs> With, hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, <I'm walking> here. <laughs> but yeah, hey, how you doing, guys? Good. That's good. good to hear. Good to hear, Samantha. All right. So we're here to talk about Marvel's Agents of Shield. Because this is a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as you can tell mm -hmm. from our opening music theme. And also, if you're listening to this podcast, you, you've probably done a search for something like Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we are wrapping up quickly this half of the... No, not half, because they Pod. did pods. We're wrapping up quickly the third pod of this season which will lead us into the season finale. And I don't know. There's some exciting stuff going on. I think we should talk about it. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's go. Sounds good. So we're going to talk about some news and Stuart, I've got a challenge for you. So let's do it. Let's do it. Shield intelligence report. All right, Stuart. So in our pre-episode briefing, you mentioned there wasn't much by way of news. There isn't. Okay. So my challenge here is, can we do the news segment in under two minutes? Do you want me to try so. to hinder him? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I've got a timer. So, you know, we've already done. Uh, okay. So we're at 27 seconds now of the actual segment, <laughs> but if I hit the timer, I've got my, my phone's timer, this, I hate my phone, but it does have a working timer. So that's a good thing. And when I hit start on this thing, you have two minutes to give us all the news that's fit to print. And then we'll see if we can get to the next sounder in under two minutes. Can you do it, Stuart? I think I think I can. I Samantha, think I, can. I, I, I don't know if it's fair. Okay. You know, I won't. Yeah. And also, I'm not sure how good of a audio segment it becomes if. <laughs> if he's just trying to talk over you as you're just trying to keep him from talking. And, you know. It'd be okay. a lot more fun if we were actually, you know, face to face and maybe it involved like Nerf balls or foam nunchucks, 
you know, that, oh, that would thing. be fun. <laughs> big foam green hands. <laughs> Ooh, there you that, go. Those would be fun. Those would be fun. The ones but that see, make the punch sounds. No. Yeah. Or the ones not, that talk at you. Yeah. <laughs> Hulk smash. Uh, okay. Yeah. It, it's just, it's just not as fun when you, you know, you can easily talk over each other. We, we, we've proven that yeah. time and time again. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> we're going to be natural. And, right. and and we're going to respond, but we're not going to respond in such a way that is going to make Stuart lose this challenge. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. I'm starting it. Now, technically, we've just done two minutes. So the segment itself is going to be <laughs> slightly over four, but I'm hitting play. No, not play. It looks like a play button. Here it goes. Play. Oh, start. <sighs> okay. Uh, the first news item is Black Panther is done filming. Yay! Yay! That's cool. for Black Panther 2, Ben. Uh, and apparently it looks awesome. A bunch of people have seen it. They liked it. So that's all that is. Yay! Yay! Black Panther looks good. Uh, the second thing, the last thing, is <laughs> okay. Kevin Feige doesn't want to tell us the name of Avengers 4. So if you remember correctly, uh, way back when, they announced Advent infinity war parts one and two and then they changed the name to infinity war for avengers three and avengers Four question mark and you know it's going to be awesome because it's the question mark and so um now we're getting confirmation that kevin feige knows what it is but he doesn't want to share it because he says the title itself is a spoiler so my personal feeling and and i'm going to go first because i'm under the time limit is that it's actually called Avengers 4, the new Avengers, because I feel like we're going to have a bunch of deaths in Infinity War. You can't throw a bunch of heroes at Thanos and have them live. Just saying. And new what Avengers you... is an existing comic book title That's property. That's so, true. Yeah. I, I could see that happening. Samantha? And go ahead. I think it might have to do something with maybe Thanos on Earth. Maybe. Maybe. I, I think it's funny because it's kind of a non-story, but I'm seeing a lot of entertainment websites that are like, you know, this proves our theory about how we're right about everything. And I hate it. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. guys, just run with it, man. You know, you're not the story. I got to stop posting nerdist links, I guess. Is yes, what it, you <laughs> what it comes do. Down to. Yeah. And time. All right. That, that was well. two minutes awesome. and let's move on to episode discussion because we have tons of feedback to get through and yeah, let's talk about this episode. Yay. Let's do it. Mission report. Okay. So the way we're going to structure our conversation today is we're going to do just a brief flyover with the plot. And then I think let's, let's drill down with each of the characters and, and spend some time talking about the characters and what's going on with them. Cause this was a very, for me anyway, I feel like this is a very character driven episode, just kind of getting into why are the characters doing what they're doing? Why do they want to do what they're doing? And how are we going to change? Um, I mean, all sorts of characters in this episode were changing their minds, changing their allegiances, or strengthening their allegiances, but doing different things because of that. And so I think that's the way we're going to go. And mm -hmm. so let's briefly, the, the plot is really, really simple. We have some stuff going on in the sub where you have the Russian guy who's an, in an LMD body, 
the superior, I think is who he is, but I can't remember his, his actual name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he can't kill oh, anyone. Yeah, I think so. But he's frustrated because he can't kill anyone because he's been given that order by Ada because Ada can't kill anyone. And basically her primary directive requires her to protect these people until they become a problem to the framework. And once they become a problem to the framework, she can eliminate them because they are a threat to the framework. And it's like, it's the whole three laws of robotics kind of thing going on where, you know, a robot cannot harm a human unless a robot is stopping a human from harming another human, you know, and and that kind of thing. So that's what she's got going on there. Um, He really wants to kill people though. And when we get to our tag, we find out that he might get to, which we'll talk about the tag, but that tag was kind of goofy. It's like, Hey, we're going to reinforce everything we just said in this whole episode and not give you anything new. Just let you know, you know what those plans they are making about killing people. They're still making them. So in the framework, may and sky escape from the Triskillian because sky has powers and Madam Hydra came and tries to stop them from leaving, tells them to drop their weapons. And they have some conversations about how everyone who's in there, they can't escape their true nature. And, Sky is all, yeah, and this is my true nature. Boom! And blasts Madam Hydra out the window. And she lands and she breaks her back. And that makes Fitz really, really mad. But she tells Fitz, don't don't go after the people who did this. Fix my machine or finish my machine. Because if you finish my machine, I won't need my broken back. Because I'll have a new body. And so Fitz and his dad have lots of conflict with each other. And... Fitz's father is the one who's kind of in charge of finding Sky and May, and he is coming very close to failure, and Fitz is not going to tolerate failure. Fa- uh, May and Sky, meanwhile, are on the run. Um, on the news, they've it's been revealed that they were the ones um, who are you know had the attack on the Triskillian, and they're showing their face everywhere. People see them and are, are not trusting them, uh, but also people from Shield are not trusting them, especially when they show up to a Shield checkpoint. And then you have uh, Hydra finding them and attacking them there. They do eventually get into the base, and this is where they connect with Mac and Coulson and Ward and the team uh, Simmons and Trip. Uh, take their Quinjet, though, because Simmons knows what the machine is going to do. It knows it needs power. And so they go to the oil platform where the Russian is. We have a scene where you think the Russian is getting ready to go into a room where he's going to fight them with a knife. But then we realize, no, we're, we, we're looking at two different oil platforms. Um, the power that's needed is on the other side in the real world. And the machine is being built on the other side in the real world. And Simmons figures out all of Ada's plan so from there we also have the plan that ward and mac and may and daisy are going to implement and that is they are going to tell people the truth about what happened to that building that fell down on mace and they're going to show everyone this thing and they decide that they have to do this even though it doesn't really matter it's all ones and zeros remember in this world uh the people don't matter but Coulson kind of is taking charge here. And Coulson says maybe part of solving our problem is to solve their problem. We can get people on our side and that will make it easier for us to take care of things, um, well, on 
in, in the framework so we can get out of the framework. So they do. They hijack a television station. They play a video of Coulson saying he is Phil Coulson and he is an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's all of the, I think, plot beats mostly. And so now let's let's start the conversation here. Let's talk about, I don't know, Samantha, you have a favorite character you want to talk about? Um, I actually did star moments I liked. I liked May coming over to the light side. I am going to make a couple of Star Wars references. <laughs> well, let's 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 start with May then. Okay. Um, because, well, I mean, what do you think about this whole idea of your you can't escape your true nature, and May's true nature is uh, what did what did um, Ada say about the warrior? That? The warrior, yeah, she's going mm-hmm. to fight, and but then. Hey, for all the shippers out there, she helps Coulson with his tie. Mm-hmm. And there's that feeling of deja vu they have together. But, means you're on the right track. Yeah. yeah. Um, she doesn't know that this is the framework yet. At least I don't, I don't think she does. They basically avoid explaining things to her because, hey, it's going to take too long. <laughs> we got stuff we got to do and you're already with us. You're already on track with us, you know? So (laughs) I think that's kind of funny. She she might have the hardest time coming out of it because she's already been in it for so long that it may be very difficult for her to um, unlearn all of that. Well, what do you think about what sky said to her? She's trying to get through this whole idea of I caused this, I killed Mace. And I love what she says about if your enemy gives his life for you, mm-hmm. you really need to start taking a look at if you're on the right side. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's a great moment. But then she's talking about how I I called the strike. You know, all those people who died, including Mace, um, it happened because of me. And then Sky says, you know what? You, you can't uh, – uh, how did she phrase that? Um, you, it's not your fault that they lied to you. Basically, you can't blame yourself for their lies. And I wonder, is it that simple? Or is there more involved? I think emotionally there is just going to have to be more involved. Yeah. Because simple forgiveness isn't always as simple as that. There's still self guilt that even after you've been forgiven, you carry around. Especially forgiveness of yourself. Right. Right, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I'm saying, yeah, someone forgives you. I mean, I remember I did something really bad to someone once, really, someone really close to me. And they forgave me, but I carried around that guilt for a long time. One time I was talking with them about it and they're like, you got to just let that go, man. That is done. Like, that's years ago. And, And that made it a lot easier to hear them say that. But they had already forgiven me. And they forgive me to my face. Right. I mean, it was a face-to-face conversation where I was admitting my wrongdoing and, and they forgave me. And, um, yeah. So I can understand well, I mean, may not being able to give it up, but guilt is a powerful motivator too. I mean, look at, there's a whole two seasons of a show on Netflix about it with the guy in a red mask. Which one would that be? <laughs> uh, Howard the duck. 
(laughs) (laughs) You just made me smile thinking, oh, what if in another universe we are watching Netflix show about (gasps) Howard the Duck? I would go to the framework to watch the Howard the Duck show. imagine that? Especially if it's based on like the style of Steve Gerber, Howard the Duck, where it's total (laughs) parody. Although... Politically speaking, right now, it'd almost be too easy <laughs> to write some of that parody, but um, I don't know if, if Gerber would even try and tackle it because it's just the low-hanging fruit it's, or whatever. I was going to say, it's very low-hanging fruit at this moment. Uh, anyway. I, who? Okay, so I have a question. Bakshi. They have the Bakshi report in this mm-hmm. episode. Who's Bakshi? Why do I know that guy? He worked <sighs> with Whitehall. Was I think it white? He was, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, he so he, he was, was a Hydra person. Right, was a Hydra person. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Let's you know, let's bring back some some good guys, Ward and Trip, and some bad guys, Bakshi. Mm-hmm. If I see Whitehall, I'm going to be kind of nonplussed, but because you'd only have one big bad Hydra person, right? So if Madam Hydra's the big bad Hydra person, and then proxy of that is Fitz. We have Whitehall now. Uh, too many. Let's muddy the waters some more. Oh, and that's something I think Ada could uh, adjust in the framework, mm-hmm. like the 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 Hydra power structure. Yeah, but she's not adjusting their need for logos on uh, letterhead. Look, not man, they don't have to hide a thing. That's anymore. true. I mean, they are not a secret organization bent. Ooh. On ruling the world, they are they're just they're just out there, man. They're just letting it all hang out, and they I mean they've got their yeah. tower, and they have their their center of power, and they have the Bakshi report, which is uh, I can't believe maybe I'm wrong, but I, I can't believe that everyone believes what they're seeing. I can't believe that the propaganda is completely ble- I th- I at the end I mean, at the end when they yeah. say there's people coming and Ward's ready to go and fight and then it, no they're they're people coming to help I totally believe that even though it's too good to be true in in some regards it's totally believable that there's people who are just like enough is enough finally I think, <laughs> I think I mean there is state sponsored propaganda television i mean that that's a thing that exists um whether or not uh whether or not the baxter report is you know good at it i don't know but um it so there is a thing that you know state-sponsored propaganda tv exists whether or not people believe it all is another question But we do live, I'd like to think, in a country that would allow you to sort of think about that and then make action for it. So if your state-sponsored television is cut, is interrupted with a guy proclaiming another way, you might – it is conceivable that they would rise up. I'm with it. Now, the other thing though is these – the majority of people are not young enough to they're old enough to remember life before Hydra Mm -hmm. you know and 
I mean, Coulson and Ward were both approached by someone from Shield, but that was before Hydra took over. And yeah. when when Shield was a thing that was okay to be there, but then I did just listen to a a, um, a woman's testimony about um, life in North Korea recently, mm-hmm. and how she oh, yeah. believed that um, the 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 leader of North Korea could read her mind. She believed that she thought something against the country that they would know that she did it. They could read her mind and they would punish her for it. And she believed they had that power. And she also didn't know anything about, you know, just concepts like love and that sort of thing, because the television was controlled by the state and stories were controlled by the state. And they ruled with this iron fist of fear. It was, it was amazingly powerful. This, this woman, um, there is something to be said for getting on television and saying something and then having it be believable because you're on television. It's this weird like disconnect. It Well, it's not just television. A, it's 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 authority. And when you get on yeah, television and say authority. something, you think I mean, you're watching that and saying to yourself, well, someone has given them that platform because they deserve that platform. And it's not just television, though. I mean, it's it's, um, you know, religious services. It's uh, I mean, there's there's all sorts of places where you can give the illusion of I have earned this platform and give the illusion of um, of being an authority or being Mm -hmm. a worthy authority, I should say. Mm hmm. A truthful authority. And mm-hmm. I mean, so the fact that Colson gets on and says, no, <laughs> no, we're done with that. Um, I think my problem with the, that scene is how many people were watching it live <laughs> and how could they get to wherever they were, presumably downtown Los Angeles, that fast? Uh, no, this is New York. The Triskillian's New York, isn't it? Thought it's Washington D.C. Sure, yes, that's what I meant. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. You, you're right, Samantha. <laughs> Major <laughs> metropolitan city. Uh, they're they're just like outside, but hey. Knowing what I know about that area, I don't know. It depends on the traffic on the during the time uh, of day. Of course, then again, this is a different universe. Yeah, I think you would be able to pull together at least a small crowd. I bet a lot of those Fairly people were quickly. like at a bar or something like that. And <laughs> they have the TV on because it's on the channel that, that exists. And right, there's only one. And so they're all just sitting there like, Oh, they're, Oh wait, what? Who's this guy? That's not Bakshi. And then there's that one guy who's like, I want to watch the Bakshi report. And they <laughs> throw stuff at him. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but bringing it full circle here, may, herself kind of is is our representative of all these people who are turning against hydra and Mm -hmm. or or choosing to rise up i mean she is finally getting smart to things and getting hip to things that okay this is this is a problem (laughs) well you know like you said with with mace giving his life for her it it forces you to sort of re-examine things, mm-hmm. especially when she walked into the rehabilitation center. I did finger quotes, but right there, by the way, you can't see cause it's radio, but you know, the rehabilitation center where they're, you know, doing the full clockwork orange thing on the kids. And that's, I mean, that's an eye opener. 
Literally. Because they were I using tape to hold their eyes open. I wasn't going there, but But true. you did. Yeah, but I did. Um, yeah, so I would imagine that she is she is uh, turning to the side of angels. And it's not going to be a very hard... Um, it, she's going to have a harder time doing it, but it's going to be easier in the long run for her to come over to the side of, oh yeah, this is all fake. Yeah. So before we move then to our, our, I think our natural guy uh, of Coulson, because he trusts her implicitly. He trusts her and he doesn't know why. Uh, Samantha, you have any more, uh, you, any more thoughts about May here? Oh, I back. She, I do. Well, should we, as I was, yeah, I was go ahead. as I was going to say, as I was watching it, uh, for the first time and I saw back, she return. I realized, I think the the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. producers called everyone who played a significant <laughs> character in the, in the past and asked them if they were going to be willing to come back. <laughs> so I'm now wondering, are we going to see Bobby and Hunter return? Ooh, hey girl. I don't know. We can I do a hey yeah, I'm hoping. <sighs> I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm going to be the I'm going to be Eeyore on this one. Uh, no, I'm so I can see shocked. Why. No, I can see why. I, I don't think I, so. I'm shocked, Ben, that you're going to be Eeyore. Yeah. Just shocked. Nope. I speak for Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's move from May to Coulson then. Okay. Um, what do you think about okay. what Coulson's got going on in this episode? Uh, he's he stands up to Ward. Um, there's a power vacuum left because of Mace's death, but Coulson and Mac are kind of the ones who are like, someone's got to step up and do something. And Coulson ends up being the one who's motivating people. And and the one who gives the speech at the end, Uh, the rousing, but not completely rousing speech of Hydra is terrible. They have alternative facts and I'm Phil Coulson and I'm an agent of shield. Which felt like it should have been a moment more like I am Iron Man. But I had I was I had a moment, at least like twelve percent of a moment. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. That was an Iron Iron Man quote. Yeah. No, but I, I kinda got that. I was like, Yay, he's back. Th- this that guy I can see driving around Lola and you know, going to a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's Hammer. So it's good to see that guy again. It is good to see him again. Here's here's a question. This goes to May and Coulson though. When they get out and they're remembering this, mm. um, he his regret from his memory here now, he is regretting that he never joined Shield. And so when he wakes out of this, he's oh good. This is where I'm supposed to be. When May comes out of this, she's gonna have memories of doing really bad things to to people, or doing things that she thought were was right to people, but that she later finds out, okay, I, I beat up people for Hydra and Mm. that's not good. And now I know exactly how not good it is. So that's, I, I, I'm not, I'm not putting her on death watch, not doing it. But I would be surprised. I would not be surprised if she doesn't make it out of the season. I just kind of there's just something 
she's gone way too many different places to to it, it is very in my mind it's conceivable that she doesn't make it out of the season not putting her on death watch just saying okay who's the eeyore now huh <laughs> me obviously because i am who's not putting she is not on my death watch I, at all i didn't put her on death watch. yes you did just, i guess i did <laughs> Like, I'm not putting her on a death watch, but I think she's but going to be dead, and I am watching for it. <laughs> okay. Samantha, put her on, are you putting I her, put on, death her watch? on death watch? I, <laughs> Samantha, death watch? No? Nah. Yeah. You're all going to be sad when, I, when I'm right. <laughs> I'd be sad if you were... Yeah, if you're right. <laughs> That's how I would be sad. That's how it would work. Yes, indeed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So now that Stuart has put May on Death Watch, and uh, let's talk about Coulson some more here. <laughs> um, he has a couple good conversations. He has the one conversation with Ward. And oh. did you guys notice... As he goes to stop Ward from leaving the room, he puts his hand on Ward's chest to stop him from walking away. Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice that. Um... Yeah, he totally like his hand, his fingers extended and, you know, put it on Ward's chest to stop him. And you remember the last time he put his hand on Ward's chest, he was crushing the life out of his body. Yeah. I'm sure that's on purpose because it had to be so much about this pod is just recalling all of the <laughs> significance moments from earlier in the series, but I'm finding it in a very graceful way. Yeah. I'm liking I mean, how the, they're doing this. The, the imagery of the hand on his chest is so subtle. And so right in the moment that it works perfectly. Yeah. It, it was really nice, and it wasn't. It wasn't an aggressive or a threatening thing. Uh, it was just, mm-hmm. hey, wait, you know, we got to talk about this, mm-hmm. and and it's interesting too. I mean, he's standing up to Ward right now, and, and Ward says to him, "Look, you're probably a great teacher, but that's all you are. You're a teacher. You're not. You know, this isn't your world here, uh, of you know, spies." And wait SBI. a minute. Yeah. I. Teachers are leaders. Yeah, but they they're aren't necessarily leaders. they're not necessarily um strategians stra- stra- strategians, strategians, whatever. They strategists? Strategists, yeah. I mean they're they're not necessarily war leaders and st- strategists. True. Um I mean I've I've worked in some very similar uh industries where I'm I'm doing this kind of work in one place and this a very similar kind of work in another place. But even then um, it's, it's different enough that I, I'm not a great leader in one just because I'm a good leader in the other. And right. So I, I think Ward has a point. Coulson is not, uh, he's not the leader of shield. Right. right. So Ward says that he was approached by, uh, hand, I forget yeah, her first Victoria name. Victoria Hand. Victoria Hand. And we all went, yay, Victoria Hand. Oh, said he killed her. Who do we think Coulson was approached by? 
Well, you know, it was somebody from the movies because they were just alluding to him without using his name. It was, it was Nick the guy Fury from the movies with, yeah, yeah. with one eye. Yeah. That's my personal. <laughs> and I'm kind of surprised he didn't actually say him because he's the, he's like the one movie guy who's shown up on the show. Yeah. Well, not, he's, he's not the only one. We had Seth, Lady Seth. Yeah, but, but, okay. uh, Avengers. Yeah, in, in the really? context yeah. here, it's it's he is a movie guy who showed up on the show. I mean, they, this way had... they can leave it vague, though, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they could change it again if they had to be like, "Oh, Steve Rogers did," which doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense, but whatever. Yeah. Oh, and they also had um, oh, I can't cannot remember her name, Colby. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Summers, yeah. Yes, they Agent had her Hill. on, too. Yes. And she dropped the man thing that That's, came out bad. She's the one who dropped the reference. <laughs> she's the drop the reference to the man mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that comic book series, by the way. So disappointing. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Issue three comes out or came out. It's coming out this week. And I'll buy it. But... <laughs> Oh, poor little Benji Avery is going to stroll up to the comic shop with his hard-earned paper money and put it down there for the for the for the comic book that he's just really doesn't want to read right now. Right. I'm so and, sorry, Benny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so so who's next? Well, I think a oh, natural. I was say, oh, go ahead. Um. Okay, so at the top of the scene between Ward and Coulson. Did you notice what Coulson is looking at? The no pictures of a one eight four. Really, I did yes. not notice that. No. And there's also earlier in the episode. There's um, the second scene of Act Two, or I'm sorry, the second scene of Act One, uh, where Mac Ward and Trip are watching the Bakshi report. Um. There's a lot of conver- conversation going on, and it's all very ironic callbacks to um, the other world. Like uh, with Coulson, he said, uh, good intentions don't tra- tra- translate into action without steady hand to guide them. The Patriot brought them together. His death might tear them apart. And I immediately remembered the Avengers movie when Coulson died. Because mm-hmm. Coulson is, he brought, I don't say, I think all of them, but he brought most of them together. And his death spurred them into action. Definitely um, Cap and Iron Man. Right. I mean, definitely those two guys. Yeah, because Thor wasn't even there at that time. No. Right. And Thor just doesn't care. <laughs> well, he showed, no, he showed up. He was there. For that I mean, his scene? adopted brother was the bad guy. Well, not for that scene, but he, but he was in the movie. Yeah, but he he wasn't there for the whole. Here's the bloody cards. Oh, right. Thing. True. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the that catalyst, Coulson dying, made Cap and Iron Man stop fighting, which allowed the rest of the team to sort of come together, mm-hmm. which is why we had civil war. Yeah, I mean, it was those two are the leaders, and they both lead in different ways, and mm-hmm. have and serve a different leading function. 
which, yeah, definitely then that's the primary conflict for civil war is, is those two leaders. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just want to say who or what, who could have um, a steadier hand and what steadier hand could you have <laughs> than a robot hand? A robot shield hand. Yes. Yeah. I so on Coulson, I I like that he um is bringing the team together very similar to what he did in Avengers, but also what he's done throughout the entire series, right? He's bringing people together and and he does that through different ways for each person. Like he talks to Ward in a way that is, you know, forceful but mm-hmm still listening to him and he talks to Mac in a different way and he allows, you know, different things to happen for the, each people to get them onto his team. That's the sign of a good leader. And also he is, when he's given the, the speech, the rah, rah, let's do this speech. It's very matter of fact. It's mm-hmm. guys, this is the situation. This is what happened. Mm-hmm. And his, his voice the timber doesn't change much at all as he's mm-hmm. he's leading up to the the climax, uh, which it, it is. It feels like it should be a, a an I am Iron Man kind of moment, but it's more. I'm an agent of Shield, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm going to just say it. So. It's more guys. Your show's back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's it's. <laughs> For the Iron Man, it catapulted us into 10 years of cinematic movie. For for his speech at the end, it's, yay, we're back. Our show's, you know, going into the climax, going into the end of the end of the season, and, and we're going to have Coulson back. And that's good. Yeah. Now, he is also the one who had the idea of maybe we need to solve the problems here to help Mm -hmm. us solve our problems there. And that for me felt like a definitely a legitimate reason for them to be sidetracked by the problems of all the people with that are just ones and zeros. Uh, Cause sky is totally just, this doesn't matter. We need to move and move quickly because none of this matters. Nothing we do here has any bearing on reality. We just got to get out of here. And and this is the stakes. You know, the stakes for Coulson here are not just the personal stakes, but it's the stakes of if we do things here, it's going to make it easier for us to do things later at home. Well, I'm not sure Coulson – he's a true believer, obviously. But I'm not sure he's completely into the camp that Gemma and Sky are. I'm not sure he completely has fallen into that yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, but his reasoning is sound. Yes. His reasoning is sound, but I still think at the end of the day, he might go, well, you know, I live here and I have all these memories of teaching kids and stuff like that. There, there's that conflict there. That's, I guess yeah. where I'm trying to go with that. Yeah, I agree. There is contact conflict, but, um, I think, he does believe because he remembers bits and pieces. He just can't remember the whole thing. So he can't believe as solidly as Daisy and Simmons do right now. Yes. And he, yes. Yeah. Cause his belief is based on feeling 
I mean, it really is based on memories of emotions and, and thoughts and mm-hmm. ideas, but not, yeah, not a lot of specifics. But this makes us, this gives us a natural bridge here because the, the next person for us to talk about, I think, should be Ward. And Ward has a very interesting arc. And it's, yes. it's kind of an uh, intellectual arc for him of just, of just, just, just figure. And so last episode, he refused to believe. You know that that what Simmons was saying was true until Daisy comes back, and when Sky, Daisy, Quake, whatever we're going to call her, when she comes back, he talks to her and just point blank, it's great. He's just blunt. He's just, is it real? Is it true? What Simmons said is that what you believe? And she is trying to figure out how do I answer this, and she just says, "Yeah, <laughs> it is," and he's that's it for him. Like he's at that moment, he just had someone that he trusts say to him, you're not real. And, Mm -hmm. and he believes it. And he, so we have some interesting stuff going on here where he's saying, will my sky come back to me? And will I still be here after you leave? And He's almost the one, you know, who's, who's saying, when you shut this down, is that does that mean I'm dead, basically? And so you get some really interesting intellectual um, things going on there for him as he's processing all of this. But then there's this emotion of, I'm not real. I'm, I, I can stay here. I can stay here and make sure no one shuts this down because if I die, I'm not real. And it's, it's an interesting thing Yeah. to, to deal Which, with in a, in a show like this. Yeah. So when they first came back, when they first wake up, Oh look, it's Ward. I, you might remember was very anti it. I didn't want to see Ward get redeemed. Because I felt like he needed to carry the weight of being Hive. And he needed to carry the weight of being a Hydra agent. Um, I have flipped my view on this. I think having him walk away knowing that he's not real. Having him walk Having Sky see him walk away knowing that he's not real. I think puts a nice cap on his on his arc on, on the character that Brett Dalton has played characters that Brett Dalton has played since the very beginning of the series. Right. The the idea that, yeah, he's had his ups and downs, but at the end of the day, he's still inside a hero. Um, I think that's very, (laughs) go on. (laughs) No, what, what, Eeyore, what did you say? (laughs) I didn't say anything. I just, Groaned at the statement. <laughs> right. Enough said, well, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I did like, not like it. Well, keep going. I, I, I'll i tell why in a moment. But I liked the capper because it felt like it did what it did Brett Dalton honor, I guess. I don't know. But it was a good way to end his story, I guess is what I'm trying to say. What I like about what's going on well, with can Ward I, is... Can I- yeah, yeah. Chirp into before you get all Eeyore-ish on us. Oh, come on. <laughs> A2, Samantha. 
Well, I was going to say that, yeah, this definitely did feel like a resolution. Um, when we, when the whole show started, we were sort of seeing it through Sky's eyes. And over time, as things developed, um, yeah, of course it changed. And But to have them have this conversation between himself and Sky, it felt like we as an audience, that in a way it was sort of like an apology or a resolution to a conflict. And we as an audience can forgive him for all of that. Mm-hmm. May I? That's a- <laughs> Okay. Here's what I love first. I love this character. This ward, though, is a different character. And I like that there's all of this bias against him that Simmons brings. I like that Sky still hasn't dealt with all of her feelings necessarily because of what she saw. And, you know, that's the kind of thing where when you find out something about someone, um, that they weren't who you thought they were. Uh, there's betrayal and there's all these different things that she would have had to sort through and now she comes across his face and his personality again only this time it's a different person and that's the thing to me is this is a different person this is a completely different person it is not a resurrection of the old ward it is a shield agent ward it's the care it's the thing that uh makes me like it so much is that okay we get to see brett dalton play this heroic character i love that what i don't like was sky's conversation with him where she says um being with you now causes me to be able to understand my ward better or something like that and i just think no that guy was a lying liar who lied a murdering murderer who murders he was recruited into shield in the the framework nice callback to victoria hand but remember what he did to victoria hand he shot her in the face, you know, I mean, this is, I, so this whole idea of, you know, this, this bringing him in right now is a, you know, now I understand who he was back there because I know who you are here. No, he was not a good person period in, in our world. He was corrupted and then he, chose to continue the corruption and then he embraced the corruption fully and but i liked that i liked that character arc you know in hindsight looking back at it and the the kind of things that they were trying to do with shocking storytelling and that kind of thing bringing him back here as a good guy is just as shocking in some ways to me and i i like the the character interplay where he's trying to figure out what what was so bad about me over there that causes Simmons to hate me and my girlfriend here now to have a hard time talking to me and, and understanding me. And um, so that's the ER me. And then they set it up where he is going to do this last stand. He's going to stand there in that control room and he's going to hold it off as as Hydra is going to come in and try and shut things down, I'm ready for him to die. And then, <laughs> <laughs> nope. So hey, you- we got lots of people downstairs, and they're on our side. And it's it's a nice little twist. It's like a little, nice little turn. Um, but I felt like they were setting up the death, and then they just flip the switch and say, "Hey, no, he's going to be around next episode." I don't know what he's going to do, but now I can. I'm still holding out hope that we're going to get good guy Ward LMD 
out of this. Yeah, I, I it did feel like that they were setting him up to die. <laughs> they totally were. <laughs> they totally were. And yeah. just think about Brett Dalton right now, though. Um, the ups and downs of playing this character, right? So he's playing the character. He is the straight man hero, the the lantern jawed hero. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, read this script now. What happened to me? I just <laughs> shot Victoria Hand in the face. What? And then is that Colson when he turned? That was, I think, I, I don't remember if that was the moment that we realized it, but it's it's a it's a moment that sticks out to me as as the big mm-hmm. one of the big reveals or whatever one of the the moments where we were just like wow he really is bad because he did not fake this kind of thing um i don't then, think it's when he turned it's it's when we knew that he right was well it definitely not wasn't a good guy yeah definitely wasn't when he turned then he, he turned gets a script in the middle of uh we're a soldier <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when he turned then we get, no, I he think gets, he turned when he was in the middle of the forest. Yeah, when he was like camping with, uh, with oh, Bill Paxton. Oh, when he killed the dog. Uh-huh. Like <sighs> the, his turn goes way, way back. Yeah, that's true. Um, so he, then he gets a script where Coulson crushes his chest <laughs> and he dies. And then he gets to the end of that script and, um, oh, wait, I might be still alive. Okay, cool. And then he gets the script where he gets killed as, as Hive. And, and then he gets the script like, hey, uh, we're going to bring you back. And it's going to be great for the third pod. And he's like, what third pod? What are you talking about pods? And, and just trust us. We're going to use that phrase. And it's going to be great. Everyone's going to understand what it means. <laughs> and, and he's like, okay. And then he reads the script. Hey, I'm alive again. And now, you know, <laughs> he, he's got to be wondering how long is this going to last? But yeah, I mean, he was main cast and then he was bad guy and then he was dead and now he's he's back on i wonder if sometimes i wonder stupid things i wonder if he's working or if he's just sitting at home going well this is fun i've got money and i'm doing okay so i'm just gonna chill he did at least one movie um last christmas i saw an ad of uh, i think it was either a lifetime oh, yeah. movie or a Hallmark yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that too. The Resurrection of Gavin it, Stone. It, it was a theatrical release. And uh, it's actually, he co-starred with a friend of mine named oh. Tori, Tori Martin. Oh. Yeah. I'm awesome. not sure how much Tori was in the movie because I haven't seen it. But, yeah. Yeah, I do he, remember that. I have IMDb open. I can open it up. Yeah, Tori is the red-headed, long-haired, bearded guy. But um, okay. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know how much he was actually in it. I really wanted to see that movie, and it just did not work into my schedule. So. Uh, All right, Milo from Grant's Law? No, 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 that's a TV series. <laughs> no, the, the Resurrection of Gavin series. Stone, I think, is what it's called. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 So anyway, I really liked Brett Dalton. I hope that he comes back. It's nice to see him as the Shield agent who. Um, got recruited in the very first episode. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I, I okay. totally agree with you that I love that. He is the guy we thought he was. Well, right. he's the guy that the writers thought he was too. In that first right. episode. <laughs> so, um, until they changed it, but, uh, let's see. So we've got may Colson, um, Ward, I think our natural progression here is to, to Daisy, to sky, to quake, uh, to all three of them. <laughs> um, what is it? See, I have a list. 
made a list. Checked it twice. It, yeah. Yes. We can go on to Daisy at this point because we've talked quite a bit about her. So, what about Daisy going on here? She's, I mean, she's basically pushing things forward. She's she wants to obviously get back to the other world and. Well, but, going back to the cold open, and you have Madame Hydra saying, uh, no matter this, I actually wrote down the entire speech. She said, Agent May, interesting. No matter the circumstance, none of you can escape your true nature. You, May, the warrior, Mac, the protector, and Fitz, well, he's a romantic. Then Daisy says, and me? What, I don't make a list? And that's when she blows uh, Madame Hydra out the elevator. Yeah. Um, I think that the reply is that Daisy slash Sky, you can't take the sky from me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think she's the hero of the story. She does follow that classic hero structure uh, through, oh, probably through to season three. If not still, she's going through it. She's definitely coming to her own. Right. Yeah. She, she's not the junior hero. She's not the Luke Skywalker uh, trainee. She's the Jedi Knight now. She's returned right. to Jedi Luke Skywalker. And, um, but here in this episode, there's not a lot for her. There's a lot no, for her to she's... do, but there's not there's not much growth and stuff other than she gets to go through Terra Genesis again. Mm-hmm. I love the line where she's and like, May's like, you've, you've done that really well. She's like, I just had practice. <laughs> <laughs> well, she also does tell Ward at the end of the episode. She, she tells him, I hope you get your sky back. There's, there's a forgiveness in that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All Not, of that. I hope you burn in Hades. It's, I hope you get what you want back. Yes. I don't know if there's forgiveness in that line as much as, you know what, I realize you're not the one that I hate. And if I'm going to accept someone here as more than ones and zeros, you're the one that I'll accept as more than ones and zeros. And I do hope the best for you. And and I think that she's... I think that's the moment, though. The the moment is is more. I'm accepting you as a person and not just as ones and zeros. Because she was pretty dismissive of some of these things, especially in this episode where she's saying, you know, none of this matters. Let's just go. Right. And here and she's think, saying, well, you do maybe matter, and yeah, get your sky back. I do think that um, next episode we may see a little bit more growth from her because one of the last things I wrote for this episode was. A call to arms from the NPCs. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was talking last episode and I said sometimes you want to get the NPCs on your side to help. You know, it's, it's e- either you get them on your side or the bad guy gets them on their side. And that can be bad. And here. And it's working. Yes, it's working. Totally. So, so Gemma next. Gemma. Yes. Yeah. Uh, most of her stuff is with trip mm-hmm. and trip. I mean, he's, he's zeros and ones. He's the NPC in the relationship, <laughs> um, but he's totally, yeah, man, 
whatever you say sounds good to me because I trust you. And she's... He's still Trip. He is. He's a Didn't good have a guy. Thing? Honorable guy. Yeah, they did. And that kind of put a monkey wrench into my love of Fitzsimmons. But I kind of like the idea of Simmons and Trip together, too. Do you think they just killed off Trip to make it easier to do Fitzsimmons as a, yes. as a duo? No, yes. I think they killed him off because a lot of what he did was also duplicated in Mac's role. And I think they were hoping to keep Mac around so he could, so they could d- go and do, um, oh, what was that other show that ended up not being picked up? Oh, Mac Most Wanted? Bobby. Most, Most Wanted. wanted. I, I think they were hoping that Along the way, and then they started seeing that it wasn't going to happen, so they killed off Trip. And I just, oh, I, I'm so glad that they brought back Trip because that is one character death that I feel like was not earned or deserved. Yeah, or deserved. Yeah, but that's life too. I mean, yeah. people die that don't necessarily deserve to. But sometimes you stand in the way of Terra Genesis. Shouldn't do that. Yeah, like and it I definitely said, gave stakes to how Terragenesis works. Right. Yeah, but like I said, I just felt like there was this big build-up to his connection to the Howling Commander, mm-hmm. Howling Commanders, and he just seemed like a really fun character. And then they just then he was turned basically into agent, you know, the unknown agent. Basically, he he wasn't much more than that. There was and definitely. Then they killed- there was definitely ties to him uh, through him to uh, Agent Carter and some other right. some other uh, properties, but those never came. Those never came to fruition. Um, I just, and he, it, she kind she, of alludes to that in this episode, doesn't she? She does. Yeah. Yeah. She says, I always meant to ask you about that. And he says, you always meant to what? And she says, because I heard about it or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> It's again, she and, and Daisy both, they, they don't have time for this. You know, let's, uh, we can't explain everything. And so like Daisy dismissing the whole, I've had some practice, you know, but I can't explain right. it all to you. May honestly, when you wake up, you'll remember everything and you'll be, you'll be great. But for right now, I don't have the time to, to tell you everything. I just Should need you ahead? to be you. Yeah. Should I go ahead and, and uh, check off trip on my list? Sure. Okay. So Simmons. Yeah, so well, I did have one complaint. Um, the scene where she goes to, uh, about Simmons, the scene where she goes to the oil rig and they do not find the machine there, she starts puzzling things together and I'm like, what, huh? Where, where'd you get, I mean, some of the first few things I was like, okay, that's really interesting and I like the way they shot that. But then she starts puzzling in other things about um, Ada. And I was like, where is she getting this information? And I'm kind of confused right now. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm tired this evening. But I, I was like, I just couldn't understand where she was putting some of these pieces together. Because I felt like there were some pieces that were missing. I I, I definitely feel you on the whole mm-hmm. <laughs> She put it together okay. really, really quick. 
but I feel like they at least tried very hard to make it a natural progression because she knew what the, the device needed. The device needed lots of power. And on our side, a device like that needed a dam. Well, okay. What about this? You know, the, the, uh, the oil drilling platform. And then they get there and she's like, well, this, this leg of the oil drill platform uh, is, you know, has its hollow or whatever. And, Let's go check it out. Once she realizes they're making the device on the other side, that's where she start starting to wonder what does Ada want? And Ada, I, I feel like she puts it together in a way that makes it at least makes a logical sense in the progression, if not the speed. <laughs> and yeah, I think, I think you put it correctly when you say, she puzzled it really quick and yeah, she, she just, does, but it needed to happen. I mean, they, they need to yeah. know the stakes and, and that was definitely a, an element of plot that just had to move forward. Well, they also mentioned the magic wand and that's the dark hold. They say, oh, yep. dark hold tech. Okay. Yes. We're done. <laughs> Nothing yeah. else needs to science at all. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I, she, her role in this episode really is um, as basal exposition. You know, she's mm-hmm. she's there to give us details. She's there to help the characters find out the details that they need to know, so they can know how to how to move next. So she'll in the next episode they'll they'll be armed with that knowledge of of what's what's happening and why Ada wants what she wants. It's kind of funny that. She's basal exposition and Sky is I guess not funny, but Sky is like the wrench throwing monkey. Not to say that Sky's a monkey, but she throws wrenches. She she makes things happen. She causes the plot to move forward. Mm-hmm. Causes the story to move forward. So I I wonder are they kind of misusing those two characters or using them to their fullest potential? I can't decide. I, I but I also think we're in a in the series of episodes now where, okay, this needs to happen and this needs to happen and this needs to happen so that we can move forward to Mm -hmm. this that we want to have happen. And I think in some ways, good storytelling is when you're able to hide the seams and, and not let anyone see that that's what you're doing, that, that you are actually building a plot to get from point a to point B but you're building it in such a way that you can't see all the different bricks. And we definitely saw a brick here uh, with, with, uh, with Simmons. Yeah. So for Simmons, oh. when you do a TV show like this, it happens from time to time and I'm not going to fault them. Cause I thought for the most part, this episode was well put together. I, I agree. And the Simmons part was just the most plottiest Right. Of, of the of the episode uh, from Simmons. Let's check off Simmons and move on to Fitz. Okay. Fitz, can we couple him with his father? Because it seemed like yes, yeah. very frequently in this episode. We didn't have one without the other. <laughs> yeah, I who expected Fitz's father to be as instrumental and uh, vocal. As he is like, I expected it just to be, okay, 
So his father's still around. At first I thought, okay, something happened to his father and that's what pushed him over to do, do the stuff. Nope. What's pushing him is that something happened to his mother to just get her out of the picture one way or another. And now it's not just, oh, his father was pushing him to be this kind of man. But no, his father is like, he's, he's worm tongue. He's whispering in his yeah. ear. And, I was, and, I was, yeah. And telling him, you know, here's these things that you have to do. And, and, uh, there's that moment where he, uh, fits steps back, you know, in, uh, in a little bit of fear from from his father but then as his father has his mission Fitz is standing there he's like i you're right i can't accept failure not even from my own father and well i think that's the that every son does this when he goes against his father right he Fitz got angry and threw the tape or something like that right <laughs> what and then his <laughs> that was so weird yeah, that was a weird like way to cut that around. And then like his father's Take the like, Spencer. no, boy. <laughs> Boom. And his father's like, no, boy, don't you even start that with me. I will put you down. I don't care if you're the Madam Hydra's boy toy. I'm going to put you down. But it, it, but then Fitz is like, no, I still have the power. <laughs> but not an immediate power. Because in a hand-to-hand combat, his father would kill Fitz. In a uh, influential combat where, you know, Fitz can use his influence to uh, degrade his father or even say, hey, big tough guy, shoot him. Yeah. Fitz is going to win. Yeah. Um, I got two things out of this scene. One, I felt like that um, we still don't know his name. Fitz Vader. I'm still going to call him Alistair? that. Yeah, his uh, dad is, is Alistair? Alistair. Yes. Okay. 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 So that that makes things better for me. Alistair. He. I. I feel like that Ada put him specifically into um, the framework to keep Fitz in check, to be that little devil on his shoulder, and she took away um, Simmons, who I guess, for lack of a better term, is the angel on his shoulder. Maybe better his mother. So, uh, well, in yes, in in the chronological progression, it's the mother and the father, and the mother had the most influence on Fitz in our world, I think. But in this world, the father does, and the father is not this, you know, washed up drunk. He is a tough, bad man, and he's the one right. who has the most influence. And then not only that. Because of all that, Simmons is out of the picture and never was in the picture, I think. Yeah. But on the other hand, I felt like Fitz was sort of threatening, you know, at the end of Godfather 2, where he has his brother killed. (laughs) I felt like he was... Spoilers, Samantha. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How old is that movie again? I actually haven't seen Godfather (gasps) 2. I know. Ah! See, you just ruined it for Ben. I've had time, no. though. I mean, I am a 42-year-old man uh, who has just not watched this 30-year-old movie. You know, I mean, it's... I, you see this movie. I know, I know. I've seen the first one and one love of, okay. it, but... The 
the first one is better. The first one is better. Don't worry about it. I like the second one better. Don't worry about the third one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Moving on, though, you were saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just felt like he was he was threatening to, you know, very subtly put out a hit on him when he doesn't see see it coming. And he could do it. Yeah, absolutely could do it. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what it went in influence where his father would just deck him. Yeah, and and I don't think that, oh, unfortunately, because this is the real fits in the framework, I don't think that this fits would really hesitate that much to do it. I really don't. No, especially after he killed um, Agnes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, I'm... Oh, I'm so mad at him for that. Oh. It I I feel like we need to start getting our people our our characters to meet fits at some point. And that's where I'm I'm having some difficulty. Like the his turn to go back to the real world is gotta take some time. And I would like to see our characters get to him sooner. And I feel like next episode is the episode to do it in. But I could be wrong. I'm not a writer. Well, next episode, here's the thing, though, this this episode ends with him saying to Ada, take me with you. And Mm -hmm. this we've already talked about this a little bit, uh, I think, last episode where I think her end game is for the brain patterns of the frameworks fits to overwrite the real brain for lack of a better mm. phrase, I guess, uh, of the fits in the real world. So that when she <laughs> gets her body and has her, uh, mind downloaded into a real body and she becomes a real girl, you know, and <laughs> it's Pinocchio at or whatever fits is instead getting his new spirit soul brain whatever you want to call it she's hoping for the fits in our world to be the same person as the fits in the framework hmm. mm. i don't think that's going to happen <laughs> well is it you don't well, I, think it's going to happen or is it you hope it's not going to happen I, well it's just a personal philosophy but i don't think i really don't think that in the long run that one person can completely change the personality of another. Yes, I agree with you on that. The the difference is Darkhold. Darkhold. Oh, Darkhold. yeah. Darkhold, I mean, Darkhold. There's lots of stuff going on here that can't happen. I mean, it's... Yeah. And, I, and so I think that we... I think the personal stakes, they haven't done it yet. Uh, they haven't shown us these stakes, but I think we might end up with a, a situation where the personal stakes are which fits are they going to be able to bring back. Mm. That seems like the only, again, it is end game. Don't know what it is yet, but it seems like part of it is to get fat, to get fat, fat, to get <laughs> fits back to the real world the way fits is here or yeah. in the framework. And then right. her other thing is she wants a body. She wants choice. And now that line makes sense where what do you get out of this? I get what everyone else gets. I get choice because we 
go to the submarine. She can't hurt them. She has to protect them. And now it makes sense. Once she isn't Ada bot anymore, once she mm-hmm. is in a human or LMD more human body, she'll be able to not worry about her programming and just kill them all. But she can't do that yet. She can only kill people who threaten the other things she needs to protect. And so that's why when um, Agnes was killed, it wasn't Ada who pulled the trigger. It was Fitz. It was Fitz. I think we can check her off the list now. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't. She doesn't have a whole lot more going on other than her machinations. Well, we've had lots of discussions about what it is that she what's pushing her, what's motivating her. And in this episode, we get more of the puzzle revealed we don't know everything, but I do appreciate the stuff that they've shown us. And I do feel like any reservations that I had about what are they doing with this? Is this going to work? It's working for me and, and Mm -hmm. I'm liking what they're doing. And that doesn't matter too much in the, in the grand scheme because I'm, you know, one viewer or whatever. But for me, I'm happy that what they're doing makes sense to me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's not well, a selfish level. I like it because I like it. It's yeah. definitely a slow burn. And for this show, that's a, that's a rarity. Um, even in this pod, that's a rarity. They, they haven't revealed her motivations in the grand scheme yet. They've revealed it bits and pieces and, and little lines here and, and little. That's why we keep talking about it, because we'll take this mm-hmm. little bit of information from this little episode, this one little line and talk about it and flip it over and, mold, you know, dig into it. So it's they're doing well with that. But do you remember the final thing we saw at the end of season three was kind no. of a silhouette of what was going to be Ada. It was when they were were talking, you know, Oh, LMD Radcliffe. And, and then we see what he's working on and it was Ada. And so I don't know if they knew exactly what was going to happen with that character, but it was, I mean, they, they, they started setting this up in the tag scene to, to season three. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So if Ada's checked off fits, I don't know if there's much more to do with fits. Um, other than, man, that guy. <laughs> oh, so unhappy with him right now. So unhappy. He is going to have a lot of issues when he oh, starts absolutely. remembering things and he's going to be, oh man. And then Simmons is going to be, you were with Madam Hydra and Fitz is going to, it wasn't me. And she says, no, we got you on camera. And he'll say, no, it wasn't me. And she'll say, yeah, I'm not going to going to the song it wasn't me but yeah. I, I did i did for <laughs> you thanks it wasn't yeah. me uh okay we have so, mac radcliffe and ivanoff well i'm gonna shake off ivanoff I yeah we've, we talked, we've talked about, about him at him. the beginning okay yeah. so he we have mac to, and radcliffe ivanoff wants to be able to kill but can't right but will be able to later that's that's that yeah um and i have a i have a tag character i want to mention but i'll save that till last okay so let's start with mac um, poor guy. 
I think he's starting to realize that things are weird and he doesn't quite know yet that his daughter isn't his daughter, but he's starting to step up to do things that are going to put himself at risk, uh, even though he doesn't want to have to leave his daughter. But if he's going to make the world a better place, it's going to, for her, it's going to mean taking some risks. Oh, it's going to be so hard to watch them separate. Yeah, that's going to be hard. But I've been thinking about what you said last week when you said that, you know, that he'll grieve her again. And um, while I do not doubt that, I'm wondering, he, you know, everybody is different in the way they grieve. But I'm still wondering if he will look back on this and still appreciate that time, even though that she was just... Mm sort of made up her personality was sort of made up that I wonder if he's still going to appreciate the time that he had with her. It is definitely a few steps better than just your imagination. You know, just, yeah, this is, this is not him just saying, I wonder what life would have been. This is him getting to live that through. There is so much Star Trek going on here, but this is the (laughs) inner light. (laughs) You know, that episode where Captain Picard lives through a whole life where he is a family man. And I always thought that was a wonderful thing. He never was a family man in in the show and in the movies. He just didn't have time to be Mm -hmm. a dad. Well, he made the choice. Right. But he didn't be the choices he made, made it so that that was not going to be a part of his life. But he got to live a life and he came out of it and remembered an entire lifetime that a computer caused him to have where mm-hmm. he was a completely different person and he had emotional connections and he learned how to play the flute in that lifetime. And that's one of the few things that they really carried over from episode to episode where mm-hmm. he played that flute later on in a couple mm-hmm. other episodes showing that he remembered how to do this thing that he learned in this fake environment. And well, I, that's Max story makes me think of that Star Trek reference. Yeah, and I think that flute even makes an appearance in one of the later movies as well. I could I be wrong. I think you're right. I think it's in Generations, but okay. I, I, th- I think it's when, when they crash the Enterprise and his home has been destroyed. And Yeah. yeah. Data curses. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it was funny when Spock did it. Remember Star Trek uh, 4? Mm. You're going to love it again. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and then we've already talked about the uh, the Moriarty episode, but going back to Ward, Ward made me think of Moriarty, who was yeah, a character created so. by the computer in on the Enterprise, and it becomes self-aware, but they let the program continue running. So he thinks that he has gotten out of the holodeck, and he's like going on adventures in the shuttlecraft uh, because they let the, the program continue running. And right. And they didn't need to use every device on the planet to do it. So whatever, Ada. Well, whatever. the the Enterprise computers uh, do some pretty amazing things I don't think they necessarily should have been able to do. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it there. And let's move on from Star Trek and move back to Mac. <laughs> I, 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 again, I think Mac is going to have the hardest time disconnecting from the from the, the the framework. He's going to have the hardest time getting out of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine 
If somebody came to my door right now and said, your whole life is a lie, the kids don't exist, I would, I would not believe that. It would take a lot for me to believe that. Well, there definitely need to be proof, and unplugging and waking up in a submarine would would probably be proof enough. Um, I'm wondering, are we going? Yeah, I, I don't know. I I can't imagine if someone said to me, "Hey, you've got to leave your daughter behind because she's not even real. Right, and you need to come uh-huh. and, and go away." Um, I, I I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty convincing true. proof, yes. Yeah. Uh, so Radcliffe? Radcliffe. Not a lot here. <laughs> but dude takes his punishment because he knows I'm dead anyway. Like <laughs> this is a, one of those weird situations where he is literally his body is dead. Mm-hmm. So He's on borrowed That's right, time because she killed him, right? Yeah, and he yeah. knew it. He knows it. He knows he has no body to return to, and that's why he was telling the team, "Just get out of here and leave me. I'm happy. I'm here with Agnes." And they can't. And so he 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 whispers the the secret to Sky, which through the flimsy walls of the the thing that was not recorded hey. apparently but yeah well but he well, I was surprised that they didn't have any audio recording I know I mean, that's really. what I'm saying yeah they got pictures but that's yeah, unrealistic they, in my opinion well in my opinion it might be realistic that they don't have the rooms wired but once you start putting these enemies of the state in the rooms next to each other you figure out a way. <laughs> you know, Look, they're spending way too much money on logos and branding and not any money on security. <laughs> yeah. That's the yep. way it is. He's okay. being heroic. Far more yes. heroic than... I don't know if it's heroism or, or vengeance. You know, where he's just mad at them for killing Agnes. But he's taking the punishment and not giving up the people. Yeah. I think he, at the end, I mean, we've seen this from him before, where he wants to do the right thing, quote unquote, but he gets sidetracked mm-hmm. by, you know, the, the immediate gratification of doing something cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It makes sense for him to do that. Again, I wonder what his motivation is. Revenge. Well, we know or... what, we know what his motivation was, and that was to give Ag- Agnes a place. And now Agnes is gone, and he has no body to return to if he dies. He's got nothing left to lose. Mm-hmm. And you know you can't. You can't force someone to do something if they have nothing to lose other than they can give him pain. But even that, the pain is ones and zeros. And mm-hmm. it's not even a thing. So uh, so he's cognizant of that, right? Like he's aware yeah. of that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So he's. I wonder if he could be like Neo, right? Where he could start shaping the framework from just the fact that he's ones and zeros. That would be interesting. But it would totally take away from the rest of our team <laughs> and put him at, this, at the center of the heroism. And yeah. that doesn't work. Uh, yeah, okay. So that's okay. that's pretty much everything from my notes. Did we miss anything uh, in doing it this way that you'd like to talk about? or? Um, um, I do have that tag character. It's just okay. an honorable mention. The Patriot, I noticed that when I was going through my notes that every time they talked about him, I never wrote Jeffrey or Mace. I always put the Patriot. I have to say, he earned it. Mm -hmm. In the real world and in the framework, he earned it. Mm -hmm. He really did. So, special mention. And then, looking back through my notes again, I also found something really cool there where there's a connection to Star Wars, if you want to hear that as well. Let's do it. And then I'll give you my Shakespeare connection. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, Well, growing up, my dad was in broadcasting. He worked in radio stations and TV stations. So every time everybody who's who who could have grown up in that situation, if your parent watched Star Wars with you, and I don't mean I'm not going to number it just Star Wars, the first one, the original. I'm not going to call it in the New Hope. No. (laughs) Anyways. There's a scene in there where you see um, the Empire guys and they're at the board controlling the Death Star when it's powering up to fire. And there's a guy that that throws a switch. Well, every time I watch it with my dad, what I hear is, that's a real switcher board from a TV station. (laughs) (laughs) And that switch he's throwing is a fade switch. (laughs) And so, when they are in the control room and the TV station and Ward throws the switch, he's not pressing an on button, which is what would really happen. He is throwing a fade switch. Mm-hmm. Well, but he's, <laughs> so he's it, switching it signals. He's switching from A to B for the it signal. It wouldn't happen like that. <laughs> we analog it would, wouldn't it? I don't know. There's definitely, I mean, I... I don't know if they use the Green Mountain Switcher anymore. I think that's what it was called. I don't know that they use that anymore. It could just be a, a switch, a, a button. It's all no, done on the computers, isn't it? it? It depends on the board. What he, what Ward was standing in front of was a modern switcher board. What we have to remember, though, is this is an alternate universe. That, sure. That the technology developed differently from the divergent point. Yes. So it's, it's quite possible that they were doing a lot of analog in their broadcasting and in their technology there. And when not the digital, when, when I was but, in school, we had one of those switchers and almost every single time I got to touch it. They still use similar boards because when you go into um, a control room like that, mm-hmm. you're literally in the dark. It, it, I mean, I can have arguments about radio stations and what it's like I, really in there, I but but it, in, in those control rooms, they really are that dark, so you can see the, the TV screens better. So I can imagine that they still have a similar board where all the buttons are backlit, so you mm-hmm. could read them. 
And I would not be surprised if there is still a fader switch in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. All right. Shakespeare connection. Go mm-hmm. for it. Ada's name in the framework. We didn't talk oh, about yeah. this last week. Oh, it's it Ophelia. It's Ophelia. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I did note that too, but you switched up our routine. So, <laughs> so, so for for the non-enlightened, uh, what? Who is Ophelia? Ben. Uh, she is someone who kills herself because of some things that she has a mental breakdown mm. <laughs> in Hamlet. In Hamlet. And, yeah, I, I still have issues with the way that Shakespeare wrote Ophelia because I've been 600 years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I if I had a chance to t- talk to him, I'd be like, really? I mean, this is a great play, but really the one, you know, one of the few female characters in this play and you're she just suddenly goes crazy. That's not realistic. Unless she he, she had like some sort of infection or something, it's he'd probably just, he'd probably accuse you of heresy for being a witch. <laughs> no, he would. Maybe no. It's just time travel. No, he. Oh, wouldn't he'd be because, like fine then. <laughs> no, he wouldn't because he he's a uh, he's a closet. He was a closet Catholic, and if and he was in a very Protestant anti-Catholic England. So I would, I don't think he would go around pointing finger women. Well, on that note, I, we need to I have, I have and, other things to say about it, but it's not quite appropriate. <laughs> and we have feedback we need to get to. So okay, let's do let's it. Go. Shield field report. All right, so uh, we're gonna kind of not not blast through. We're gonna read through these these feedbacks, but we're not gonna give a whole lot of commentary on it because. I mean, the episode is it's getting long and we want to, you know, get to bed. So we're going to start. We got two emails from Agent Kurt and uh, he writes in to say uh, subject line from his first one. Thoughts on what if and identity and change. And it says, good day to you, Ben and fellow agents. Agent Kurt back again to send in some feedback about Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the first time in ages. So after what felt like forever. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came back not too long ago, and I am happy because what we've gotten with the recent episodes What If and Identity and Change have been far more captivating than I expected with really good character material, drama, and humor, too. I also love the comment I read online which said Ada basically wrote fan fiction about herself and Fitz and made it real. That was hilarious and accurate. (laughs) (laughs) That is kind of funny. Uh, I knew the world within the framework would be great to discover, but to see the full extent of this opposite world with Hydra in prominence and S.H.I.E.L.D. reduced to an underground resistance group was intriguing. Just learning about how key events in the real world had changed everything here was fascinating. Seeing our heroes in such different circumstances was really interesting, whether it's Coulson as a teacher, Evil Fritz and May at Hydra, or Mac taking care of his daughter, or having Mace as the underground leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was all interesting to watch. I thought of the two Simmons handled being in the framework the best as she approached things with a certain level of logic and rationality, whereas Daisy made it uh, a whereas Daisy kept acting surprised about everything and sort of forgot about the fact she was in the framework. It happened with Ward, May, and then with Mac, and it got her captured. I know I sound a little harsh, and it is not 
she or anyone would not be surprised by a technological world which mirrored your own and everything was opposite. But some of the decisions she made, I wouldn't have made myself. Anyway, other things of note. Number one, I loved how Coulson was the first person who Daisy got through to in the framework. Considering what happened to him, not only with Tahiti, but also with his willpower and personality, it felt natural he would be the first to join our team. Number two. I felt bad for Radcliffe and Agnes. Both of them died in the real world and were trapped in the framework. And because Simmons going to seek him out, we saw Agnes die at the hands of Fitz and Radcliffe put in jail. Sure, everything from this world is all his doing, but clearly Ada turned it into something much worse. And for him to lose the love of his life twice, I felt for the guy. Number three, for Ada to program herself into the framework and be the leader of Hydra, where she oversees everything and has an emotional relationship with Fitz, is not only really smart, but also interesting. I wonder if that fictional relationship is something she aspires to in the real world. Anyway, that's me done. Thanks for reading my email. Agent Kurt out. And Agent Kurt, the emotional response, a relationship with Fitz only, uh, being something she aspires to in the real world. I think we've gotten confirmation of that. Next email subject. No regrets. Hello, Ben and fellow agents, agent Kurt back again with some feedback about the latest episode of shield. No regrets so far. I'm loving these episodes in the framework as they are dark, creative and very intriguing to watch. And it also gave, gives me nostalgic feelings back to season one and some of season two. What's really surprised me is Fitz. Seeing this cold, calculated, and evil version of him is fascinating. At first, I thought, because he didn't have Simmons in his life, that his path to the dark side would make sense a little. But once you find out about the inclusion of his dad in the world, everything makes sense. Just through their brief yet notable conversations, you get the idea that Fitz's father has a very strict and unsympathetic personality, which clearly translated into his parenting skills. Seeing Fitz slap Daisy was probably the most unsettling thing about these episodes so far. Uh, and me interjecting here. Yeah, actually, we, we didn't talk much about that, but that was really rough to see. Back to the email. It was interesting to see Fitz a moment to qu uh, question his choice of killing Agnes. I guess there's some kind of conscience inside of him, though I feel like the ramifications of his actions in the real world will have long-term effects. Don't think Simmons will look at him the same way. Some other things of note. Number one. Agent Trip, hashtag Trip Lives, finally has meaning. Two seasons later, I saw the actor's name in the credits beforehand, so I saw it coming. But seeing him in action, if it was a virtual even if it was a virtual reality, made me so happy. Number two, also seeing how it took the sacrifice of Mace to shake May out of twisted her twisted way of thinking was smart and painful. I really like Mace, especially in this world, and I thought the emotional impact wouldn't be that strong, but I was genuinely gutted when he got crushed and then died in the real world too. Number three. Oh, and how cool was it to see May come into Daisy's cell and bust out the Terrigen crystal? That got me so hyped. Looks like we will not only have May turn coding, but also Daisy with her abilities too. Woo. That's me done for now. Can't wait to hear your thoughts laters. And yes, how cool is that? Super cool. It was absolutely super cool. So Stuart, you have a couple emails to read. Yes, the first one is from Agent Dylan. Guess who made a cameo in my dream last night? Yep, Stan the Man Lee. Excelsior! And and I'd be worried that's it? if Stan Lee's... There's no dream? That, that's it? Like, he doesn't describe the dream? Uh, well, you know, it's a cameo. So it's that's probably true. out of context. The, the important Mr. part Stank. is... Yeah. All right, Stank. all right. Okay, so the next Fair one. Fair enough. <laughs> Oliver Meads. 
Last season is the subject line. Hello, my friends. I love hanging out with you every week, but find it difficult because I really want to join in the join in on the conversation with you. Three. As a mailman, I have so many things I want to say when I'm listening, but I'd sound crazy walking around commenting out loud. Yes, that is true. Um, I'm sure you get all get this all the time, but I'd love to be a part of the podcast sometime, like a Marvel one-off. Anyways, back to business. When I saw Ward, I had a mild feeling that this was a bit of a homage to a past character for their last season. As soon as Trip was on the screen, it was bittersweet. I love seeing him, but now I'm convinced this chapter of our lives is over. I'm just really worried that Fitz is going to kill Gemma or Coulson, or maybe he dies bringing Ada down. Either way, when they come out of the Matrix, they will all know what happened and they will be so rocked by it that the team can't function in shield anymore and they all go their separate ways. I'm no writer. So I hope and I'm no reader apparently. So I hope they come up with something better than this. I'm showing signs of mild anxiety and you three are the only ones that, that I can talk to. Please tell me, you know, they'll be back next season. Please tell Daniel. I miss him too. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for the time. Oliver from Winnipeg. P.S. Have you guys heard of the movie The Resurrection of Gavin Stone? The theologies in these movies can sometimes be a bit wonky, but you know I'll waste two hours watching this just for the Ward Redemption arc. Peace out later. Bye. All right. Daniel, uh, Agent Oliver misses you. So there's that out of the way. Um, Can we tell him that they'll be back next season? I wish we could. But there has been no confirmation of cancellation or renewal. It hasn't gone either way yet. We can't and we can't say one way or the other. So um we can't every, tell you. No. But every season we don't want to. It it really has been uh the summer before we've we've learned for every season. It's been after the last episode of the season aired. So we will let you know as soon as we know. That's a promise. Mm-hmm. It'll be in the news in under two minutes <laughs> in under two minutes. Yeah. All right. And as for uh, wanting to talk back to a podcast, I want to thank you because to me, that is the ultimate compliment you can give a podcast. That's mm-hmm. that. And so thank you for that compliment. We really appreciate that. I- All right. Agent Samantha, you have an email for us, don't you? Yes, I have an an email from Agent Mike. Uh, And he says, Agents, I'm listening in and I can't help but think you are missing something important about Ada. What is Ada's purpose? It isn't to rule the world or anything so sinister, sinister as that. Rather, as an LMD, Ada's purpose is to protect real people. To allow the agents to live out their lives while the LMDs risk their bodies in the dangerous work. Now, granted, the Darkhold has messed up with her its programming but i think the core priority remains ada didn't program a oh goodness doofenshmirtzinator <laughs> doofenshmirtzinator self-destruct button in but rather <laughs> <laughs> has given a, each real person a life of meaning colson teaches may and sky and fits protect the world mac has a daughter and mace fights the system 
He doesn't fight the system as a threat to Ada, but rather as a way of giving his life the real real meaning he lacked as a real mundane, unsuper non-hero. But it is also what he really wanted to be like. Was Mace ever really a, a threat to Ada and Hydra? I don't think so. He was a challenge to keep things interesting for the Hydra-affiliated team members. But Fitz... Well, Fitz is different. Ada started looking at Fitz differently when he reacted to seeing her naked. Fitz never said... Fitz, Fitz never say Ada as anything less than a person. Even Radcliffe was dismissive of her as anything but the potential to help Agnes and other real people who were threatened. So Ada doesn't treat Fitz the same way. Instead, Ada has given Fitz more grooming than the others, but psychological and sartorial. After all, the Nazis used Hugo, Box, Hugo Boss to design their uniforms. She also makes sure he doesn't run into Simmons to the point of killing her character in the framework. She wants Fitz to choose her, and he does. But what does this say about the framework Fitz? Is that he is evil? I don't think so. Fitz is wholly committed to what he thinks is right. He will kill and torture to serve Ada. But don't forget he literally crossed the universe to rescue Gemma. Would he have torn out Hydra Agent's fingernails to get Gemma? I think so, except perhaps that she wouldn't have wanted him to. Ada is fine with him killing for her, even to the point of killing Agnes. I don't think Ada wants Agnes dead, wants Agnes dead but isn't that isn't what the manipulation was about. But she does want Fitz to choose her. Even risking everything by showing Fitz, Gemma's photograph was a test to see if he would choose Ada anyway. Fitz is the key. He, he is Ada's weakness, her one vulnerability. The one aberration to her directives. And then there is ones and zeros Grant Ward. This Grant Ward is also also got his one regret taken away. By the time we meet him in season one, he is already very damaged, a very damaged individual. But even as he betrays the team, I think he really thought of himself as a hero and wanted to, them to see him as a hero. I'm rewatching season one with my son and Ward complains about being in a team because he has been trained to basically go in and, and eliminate all threats. That is, is. So when he acts heartlessly as a Hydra agent, it isn't any different than what he did as a good guy, early S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. But why Grant Ward? To mess with Daisy? Why Trip? Are we seeing a parade of our old favorites in one long gas send-off of the show? I hope not. But that is what I fear is going on. Agent Carters of Mars. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot to what you just read and Ooh, but it's all really good <laughs> yeah it is, it's really, all really good really good and and i think you're right i mean you're right lmds are created to protect and that's her programming she cannot harm them until they start threatening the thing that she's protecting uh i don't think we or at least me caught on to that element until today's episode that we're talking about but yeah, uh, that's I mean, that's the whole point of the LMD program. So, yeah, I think she just wants to go beyond her programming. 
Mm-hmm. And and then she'll be able to not protect. All right. Uh, finally, we have from Agent Jeffrey, subject Agents of Hydra. Hail, agents! <laughs> Is it wrong that I don't want this to end? There are so many things that could happen to our characters, and the number of possible possible results is incredible. It seems like Ada is going to create a biological body for herself. Is she also going to make a new one for evil fits? Could we get Trip and Ward back? It seems like there will be a race against time for Simmons and Daisy to get out of the framework and stop Ivanov and rescue the rest of the crew. Will this happen before LMD Ivanov murders Coulson? Does Ivanov want to kill Mac, May, and Fitz Prime? If there is a second Fitz and the original one dies, what is Gemma going to do? So many questions. Good Ward is exceptional. It makes me think that he really cares about Daisy even back in season two when he was duplicitous and murdered Koenig. Have the producers figured out a way to redeem him? I think so. I cannot wait for the rest of the season. This is consistently the best season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There have been higher highs, but this season has been the best top to bottom. Keep up the great work, Agent Jeffrey. P.S. You guys missed a callback from the last episode. The Hydra scientist who helps May with a serum and injects the Terrigen crystals is the same, or introduces the Terrigen crystals is the same actor from the beginning of season two when Gemma was undercover in Hydra. PPS. I predict Ghost Rider is going to show up since they keep talking about the Dark Hole. PPPS. Rest in peace, Mace. I was just starting to like you. And. <laughs> I love the idea of real fits coming back and fake fits getting an LMD body. I could live with an evil and a good fits. Yeah. Yeah. I could live with that in in next season. That'd be cool. Um, Only for a little while. Like I I want that to be a thing and then it's done. But that's the way they've been doing it. That's right. Here's a thing. And now we're done. Only if framework fits. Where's a goatee? Oh, that would be cool. That has to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's a given. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. That's that. <laughs> it is time to wrap this one up with a bow, put it on the books and mix some metaphors by saying goodbye. So you guys have any, any uh, final words? Messages Once of appreciation. Again, messages and of appreciation and whatnot. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I'm glad to, to sit down and read all your emails and, and, and have you guys talk to us. It's really fun. Keep watching this show and go see guardians in a couple of days. Couple of, well, well, I mean, we'll be recording another episode before guardians, I think. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Well, still fine. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Samantha. Thank you so much for listening and keep watching the show. Keep writing to ABC so they don't cancel the show. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm drinking my uh, Earl Grey. I'm going to take a sip. Uh, yum. And thank you for listening and appreciate you guys. And thank you for sending in emails. And yeah, it's been fun. It's been real fun. Um, and now that I'm done with my tea, it's time to finish this episode. You know, guys, uh, yesterday, actually, I had a new kind of tea. It's oolong tea. Have you ever heard of that? I Yes. Yeah, I did not like it. It kind of tastes like it sounds. It felt like uh, it felt like it's a hangover made of bees. 
Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls. You can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Hey, wait, guys, guys, wait, Samantha, Stuart, you still yes. there? Yes. Yeah. Stuart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We forgot to talk about one really important plot point in this episode. Yeah. And that the most is important plot point. I think it is the most important plot point because it's, it's what helped the people get out. Uh, you know, cause you really want your characters to be rescued by other characters who are able to, you know, do things and, and choose to do things and, and push the plot forward by, character motivated choices that are happening and we had a character that was really motivated to help them get out of that building and that would be the random prohibition tunnel that just (laughs) happens to be underneath this building and not only a random prohibition tunnel it's theirs the guy says we have a tunnel a prohibition era tunnel under this building let's all go together and escape the uh, surrounding hydras. They set up this no-win scenario, and it's basically the no-win scenario can't be won except for coincidence. <laughs> it's the dirtiest word in the pantheon of words for writing stuff. I hate it's, coincidence. It's uh. still better. It's still better than Avatar's unobtainium. Still no, it's better. not. It is not better than that. No, <laughs> that is the worst ever. Unobtainium. Tunnel... No, no, that, that's the MacGuffin. You, it's a MacGuffin is different than a totally weird out of place, just out of the blue coincidence. That's I right. mean, they tried I've forgotten how much you hate coincidences. I hate coincidences and they tried. I'll give them props. They tried. They gave it a background. <laughs> they gave it a backstory. We built it. I do not accept even that because if it's in D- Washington, D.C., what they could have gone with was secret government tunnel. Yeah. There is supposed to be a web of secret government tunnels that run all underneath Washington, D.C. Yes. Thank you, that Samantha. Were- I mean, that would have made it a little bit better. It still wouldn't have fixed it for me. <laughs> well... You just wanted to see them die. Yeah, that's no, I wanted them to get out based on their cleverness and based on their choices and based on their skills. And instead, (laughs) nope, there's a tunnel that just happens to be here in this exact building where Hydra is combing the area and they're going to shoot down the building because that's their procedure. They're nope. I would even accept bomb shelter easier than this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, or if it wasn't a prohibition era tunnel, 
if it was a tunnel that we built to escape this place, that would have been better than a prohibition tunnel that we built to escape this place. Yeah, here's here's what I would have accepted more would have been like we just happen to have a tunnel the next building over that we made because we've you know or that we found a, the prohibition era tunnel under this building that we have dumb <laughs> dumb dumb Wait, dumb is this why they chose that built that spot specifically is for that tunnel oh wait a minute yeah that's where the that's where the the contact was isn't it yeah oh. did i just uncoincidence this coincidence um okay um I think rant, it's rant retracted 